Why, hello there. If you don't already recognize my sultry voice, this is DJ Art of the High Score 510 Podcast. First of all, I would like to thank you for listening to our show. Second of all, I want to remind you with a shameless plug of our Patreon page. Join our growing community and help support an indie podcast. The perks of being a patron, you ask? Well, let me tell you. Why, Jesus, will bless you. So go check out patreon.com backslash highscore510. And for the price of a tall pumpkin spice latte, you can help DJ Art get the newest choker from Claire. Wait, who, who wrote this? Who wrote, who wrote this? Seriously. That's fucked up, man. This isn't a choker. It's, it's real pearls, bitch. Regardless of which, we appreciate your support and hope you enjoy the show. Glad, glad you didn't get uh, torn up this uh, Sunday in baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of ended up coaching third and, uh, you know, doing some video for the Instagram page. But, uh, you know, it's what, it's what happens when, you know, you uh, allow Dominicans to come and, uh, you know, play. Took our job. Took our <laughs> to, job. Take, to take my job. Yeah. So. Hey, Raheel, Raheel, if you don't know, uh, Pals, our uh, correspondent that does our Black People Saving Baseball segment. And so he uh, highlights black players around Major League Baseball that are saving baseball because the Major League Baseball needs it. But he also gives us uh, the Jungle League updates, which is a city league that is primarily black um, in New Orleans. And last time he was on a couple weeks ago, um, he had to go in with a two-run lead in the ninth, or three-run lead in the ninth, and uh, sadly he blew the lead. So he's been relegated to being the third base coach slash setup man slash um, social media uh, uh, specialist <laughs> on the team. He hey, you know what? Media. I'm going to crush that. I'm going to crush that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. See, take, take your heel. <laughs> I'm not. I'm actually not working. This is actually my truck. I went to go pick it up from Vegas. Oh, okay. He bought his own truck. Yeah. Oh, respect, man. You got a little sleeping area in the back right there, man? Yeah. And I'm uh, uh, hopefully I won't be using it that much. Because, uh, uh, spray, it, spray it down and I'll come test out the sleeping area. <laughs> <laughs> With the Lysol, what kind of spray you like? Or you like that Myers? No, nah, I want something that might work. Okay. No, I, get that, I, get that Dollar, I get that Dollar Tree stuff. Um, and the only reason I want to spray it down, just because I don't know who ass is in it before I sleep in it. I trust oh, you. Mat- the, mat- the mattress is brand new. My ass is the last ass you need to trust. Oh, I know you. You do. You do seem like the type of person that go over someone's house for the first time and sit and sit on a toilet seat without putting down toilet paper. Oh, raw man. dog in a toilet seat. No, raw dog. Man, I got people in my family that raw dog toilet seats. No matter yeah, where. Damn truckers. Be- Oh, well, I don't. I don't understand how how one's legs. How is that a problem? Like, how is it's not like the, your legs get dirty? Nah, nah. But you know what? You know what, pal? When I'm dropping a deuce, sometimes, hey, sometimes, sometimes. Look, man, I got wow. a great colon, and when it pushes everything out, it's all coming out. Sometimes, no, it might, see, it, might oh, leave it gets a on your scrape, leg. A little scrape on no on the toilet seat, or a little some crumbs on the toilet seat. You know, sometimes you know you've been over people's house and they got little little shit crumbs sitting there on the toilet seat when you go over man, there. Man, you, gotta, man, you gotta get your bidet on, man. Like, that's the well, thing. See, see like, they Armin, talk to him, uh, yeah. You know, I never used Dude, the bidet that, that before. Bidet life. I never used the bidet before. Oh, Aaron, you got to. I was in Thailand where they have the water hose next to it, 
And you just and no toilet paper. You just use the water hose. My grandma used to always just have the watering tin by the by the by, by the toilet, man. But now I have Nicole, man. Wifey got me a got me a, a sort of attachment bidet to the toilet for uh, mm -hmm. her birthday. It's so it, yeah, it's I've so clean. Them. It's so clean. You gotta keep it, I got both in both my bathrooms. Got them hooked up. You save water doing that shit on showers because you end up showering less over time. It's, tr it's a trip. That's the thing about it, too, man. Well, I say I just hop. Yeah, you're right. You will save water in the shower because I hop in the shower. If it's too bad of a deuce and it's in the morning, I'm hopping right back in the shower. Because to me, a deuce negates the shower. So, like, there's times where I used to bat. I take a shower, get out and got to drop a deuce. And I'm like, okay, got to hop back in. I just negated that shower. discovered the, uh, the deeper esoteric side of why we... Uh, clean our butts and wash ourselves before prayer, man. Exactly. See? Talk to him. <laughs> you're, you're, you're stumbling into it. You're stumbling into it without actually having to do any of the reading, man. Oh, man. See? <laughs> <laughs> booty, having some booty was more important than drinking water. I like uh, yeah. to say this. But that's good. You know, that you clean yourself before prayer, right? Man, and clean and and you know you never know when you might you might you might leave this earth so you got to stay stay fresh either way. See, and I like that. I love that here. That see, I, I, I'm all about staying fresh as can be. And oh, I had a question for you, fella. Is it still Ramadan right now? All done, baby. Oh, it's all done. No, I, we're finished. I, I, I was but waiting for Kyrie I, I, I Irving to tell me. Days. I, I didn't. I was waiting for Kyrie <laughs> Irving to tell me it was over, so that's why I didn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, a few days, pal. Yeah, I owe a few days because actually I, I was meaning to tell Jared last weekend I started getting headaches and and started to feel kind of sick and I felt like 15 months of like talking shit about coronavirus. I finally feel like I got it. So I thought I had the Rona and then I got the test and it came back negative. It turned out it just was a little strep throat. They gave me some amoxicillin and took care of it. But uh, pal, this but, is last so, week. Yeah, I, I owe a few good. days. Dude, this last week I thought I thought I thought it was all coming coming home, man. I was like, damn, man, I might have gotten the Rona. I was like, no. Conspiracy <laughs> no, but I thought it was good because then I thought I might get the antibodies so I wouldn't have to get the vaccine. So I was hoping I got it, but I didn't. <laughs> you can easily go get it if you want it, man. Pedro had that same thing, pal. Pedro had that same thing. He thought he was sick and all that. Went to the clinic and found out it was just um he just had to clap. <laughs> I just had I just had gonorrhea, so I'm not worried. Right. Yeah, he not, I'm worried. not worried. Now. My antibodies was, will fight off the road. Uh, he thought it was that new symptom to the road. Man, they ain't tell you your yeah. pee hurt. Yeah, it was the new the new variant. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all ready to start the show? Like, I'm kind of ready to start the show. Uh, I thought y'all started the show. I, just, I thought we started. I thought yeah, I thought it was a guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, let's start the show then. Um, uh, let's see, let's see. Jared, uh, I'm not going to be on too long. That's yeah, fine. Jared, that's you're going to be fast. Yeah, people, people, off a people keep saying they got to bounce, so you got to be fast, Jared. Everyone got to leave, man. Everyone leaving me? Okay, fine. That's fine. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. Um, well, uh, uh, Armin, I need a letter. I'm always going to go with A. Lady Antebellum. Oh, man. Lady A. It's, they call Lady A now, Jared. Lady A. <laughs> Antithesis. Angst. Aunt Jemima. She's canceled too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alabaster, Alaska, acrimonious, 
anti that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High Score 510 podcast. You can catch us at High Score 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter. Also, check us out at the dot com and the Patreon at patreon.com backslash high score 510. Check out our exclusive content there. And we are here with. Uh, this is Aaron Grayson, also known as AG3, coming at you faster than Jared, waking up and turning on TikTok as soon as he wake up. I'm going up again in Sacramento. And, but we have to change things. I love this country. I'm a patriarch. Um, I love this state. Still this can't hear anything. So much for me over the years. Don't worry, you're okay. I watched it crumble <laughs> right in front of my eyes. And you got to stand up, you know? And so I knew it would not be easy. I knew it'd be tough. But you know what? California's worth fighting for. So inspiring. Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner, that beautiful white woman. <laughs> he looked shellac, man. Or he looked shellac. Dude, that's why that's why y'all gotta move out of California, man. I mean, you 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 got you got like a big pharma tech freaking autocrat democrat versus transgender republican. Like y'all gotta get out. <laughs> I mean, that, isn't that isn't that saying life has gotten good now when you can have a transgender Republican? Think no, it me it means it means y'all need to get the, the hell out. The autocrat part is is that's always been there in California's governors, but having a uh, transgender Republican, man, <laughs> life is good. That means there's representation <laughs> and diversity everywhere. Oh life my is god, good man! I would have never, I would have never y'all imagined. Y'all can back- no longer say the South got bad politics. Like you know, like it can't get no worse than that. The South don't have bad politics. They just have no politics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the only South. Look, 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 pal. I was born. I mean, I was growing up and became uh, in Reagan's 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 American. Not one day did I think there would be a GOP transgender Republican. That I mean, I am shocked. I almost shred, I almost shred a tear. <laughs> Started tearing up. I started tearing up. Salute. I saluted the flag that hang above my bed and almost, almost turned it right side up. But that was only because I was gonna jump out the window after I turned it right side up. Salute the vagina. <laughs> although he, uh, although Jenner was not able to pick up enough of the Trump vote to succeed pushing for the recall, because I think the recall is fizzling out, isn't it? It, it, it sounds like it is. Hopefully, I don't. I, I'm not. You know, your boy Gavin Newsom came out being like, yeah, man, all your uh, parking tickets will be forgiven from 2015 through 2021 if you don't recall me. (laughs) I wish he would have said that about three years. I hadn't got a parking ticket in three years. I didn't have to do that two years ago. Look, look, if you still got a parking ticket from that long, you ain't even got that car. It's still got a boot on it. (laughs) All you got to do do is pay for the boot to be removed. You ain't got to worry about the tickets. Did he really say that? Because there's some people outside my house that they refuse to move their car, and they got like a million tickets, and I'm uh, I'm waiting for them to get towed and free up some parking spots. He he See, now he going to say the one thing that pissed me off. He going to forgive parking tickets. Like, man, you don't live in one of these zones that we ain't got no parking over here. I need, no, no parking. Yeah, there was a Pathfinder, an old, like, 90s Pathfinder that was just parked in front of my building for, like, months. Not, like, it it had been left, but there was hella shit in it. So one night I wake up and I hear these two meth addicts with a big-ass truck. You know what I'm saying? Talking about, yeah, man, my girl don't know I do this. <laughs> like, you know, she think I, you know, she think I've been working at a, you know what I'm saying, night shift over here doing this. These motherfuckers are stripping the car, 
Yeah, uh, like taking things out that they could salvage, throwing mm -hmm. out shit on the ground that they can't. Those are meth addicts, Jared, because you, you, you made one mistake. You said they had a car. Meth addicts would have sold that car a long no, time no, no, ago. No, 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 no. They tied a rope. They had a truck. They had a pickup truck, like an old, beat-up, nasty-ass, gassy-smelling pickup truck. They tied a rope, a little rope, to the front of the Pathfinder after cleaning out the stuff they wanted from it, and they were going to try and drive it around the block to see if they could like, take it somewhere where they could further strip it. That shit didn't work. So then they said, fuck it, let's just take the tires off. They took the tires off the motherfucker and then bounced. This happened at four o'clock in the morning, by the way. Let me just tell you. They literally just tied a rope can to the I, front of that motherfucker. Can started I trying to pull year? it out. The rope snapped. And they were like, fuck it, let's Wait, just take the tires off and bounce. And this is why you are or are not voting for Kylie Jenner? This is why I am fighting uh, fighting and voting for Caitlyn Jenner. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this, Jared. Jared um, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Hey, but Jared, it's worth you ever fighting seen, for. Jared, you ever seen those nature vehicles? I mean, those nature movies, uh, those nature documentaries, when they show like an animal dead in the forest and all how much it feeds the rest and it slowly decomposes and they fast forward the yeah. video of it? Yeah. That's what happened to cars that are left in the hood. There's two cars in my hood that's been slowly having what I like to call the urban nature video, where first one tire's missing, then next thing you go back, two tires missing, then then all the mirrors are missing, and then, you know, and then somebody takes it, and next thing you know, the headlamps are gone. It's slowly decomposed. It's the life cycle of the hood. Well, you know, honestly, I wasn't really mad because it did expedite the process of that that car getting towed. Once, 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 I think the parking well, services because they had hella tickets on it, and then the parking services finally saw that it was like it was stripped, and then like within a week it had got towed. So I was like, for sure, I was like, they did their part. I wasn't mad. It was just they woke me up right literally outside my window at three fifteen in the morning while they were sitting there having a conversation while they're stripping the car and, and trying to tow it at first, and then realizing it didn't work, and they're stripping it and then bouncing by like four thirty or so. And I was awake for that, most of that. I call that the ghetto circle, circle of life. <laughs> I call it capitalism. <laughs> and we are here with... Captain P-Funk, driving home from Vegas. That's it. If that bum didn't take my hundred dollars because I don't got a boat with a motor. Shut up and paddle. Yeah, I'm a paddle. I'm a paddle his ass when I find... I'm a paddle your ass when I find you. I know you... I'm going to use this rope. I'm going to roll your ass till it bleeds. Hey, hey, to let you know, she was like one of the first people way back in the day, right after this movie came out, to say she was basically uh, sexually assaulted by Harvey Weinstein. Oh, the Asian wow. woman in this movie? Yep, and that's why we didn't see her in nothing else after this. Because she just quit acting or what? Or she got she got blackballed? She got blackballed. Yeah, that makes she sense. She came out way back when this movie came out, whatever year it was, 86, 87. What was her she name, Aaron? I don't know. Damn, Aaron, I thought you would know her name. She only was in one thing. But man, you Mr. Skins of movies, bro. You supposed to know this. <laughs> I mean, I don't know her name, but I mean, I just gave you some info. There's people that know her name and don't know what I just gave you. <laughs> I need you to find her name, Aaron. You good at that? Man, all I'm gonna do is go on Golden Child on Wikipedia, man. Hey, and I that ain't no research, man. That's that's basically how every high school kid don't, don't writes papers now. Skills, man. Don't diminish your skills. Isn't that how? Uh, isn't that how every high school kids write papers now? Go on Wikipedia. <laughs> Do they even write papers anymore? <laughs> they, write tweet, they write tweet essays. <laughs> and we are here with. What's happening? Armin, what's going on? Good to be here, as usual. Or not as usual, but this time. I humbly beg you, let us have the knife. Let him ask it. I, 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 I want the knife. 
<laughs> and we are here with uh, this is Lido P. Coolcom Collected, formerly known as Lido P. Marinara, and I'm reporting live from the Big Easy after uh, a nice uh, Jungle Ball doubleheader earlier this morning. Oh, Jungle also Ball. Also, your host, your your esteemed host of Black People Saving Baseball. Black People Saving Baseball. All right, let's see. Let's let me find a soundbite for you. That must be it. This is my assistant, Key Nang here, and we thank you all as Agent 69, and we thank you all, the people of Nepal, we thank you, you're a bunch of beautiful, brilliant people, Nepal, N-E-P-A-L, Viva Nepal! Well, if I can speak in Spanish in Nepal, um, <laughs> you know what, that, that looked like a TSA training video. Dude, they had they had two by fours holding up the curtains. I mean, it's Nepal, man. That's what I was, but I was like, where's the metal detector in that bitch? Yeah, <laughs> like a, a change in the room at a at the at the racetrack uh, booth. That's how, you know, there was there was no metal detectors in a Nepal <laughs> in a Nepalese airport in the 1980s. And my name is Jared, aka DJ Art, with two T's for a double dose so of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. My brother's forgiven me. Key, Dr. Hong, brother Numsi has forgiven me. Dear brother, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was my boy Tywin Lannister before he became Tywin Lannister. <laughs> brother Numsi. Dear brother Numsi. You know what's sad about that part? They had that one Asian guy that played every type of Asian in the 80s. He was Vietnamese. He was Chinese. Uh, yeah, the... He's also in um, Big he Trouble Little China. He's in Big Trouble Little China. Played the uh, one of the crazy dudes in it. He played like the the head uh, villain. Didn't he played he? the head villain in Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. Yep. I gotta log off, y'all. Dang. Sorry. All right, I mean. Much love. Justice for the Palestinians. Hey. Like take care of themselves. Justice. Kyle, good to see you. Assalamu alaikum. Yes. Well, alaikum salam, Armenia. I hope to see you soon. All right. Peace. Oh, we got another caller, and we are here with. Uh, I don't even know if Rahil can hear us yet. Rahil, he's still on it. He's got to unmute himself. Well, uh, everyone doing well today? We got Pedro driving back from Vegas after he procured his own truck. So now he ain't got to hang out with Jebediah uh, unless he wants to. Yo! Oh, my What's bad. <laughs> What's good, bro? Rahil, what's good, family? We're here oh, over yeah, here looking cool. like, uh, uh, what is it, um, uh, Amin El Hassan over here real quick. I was like, <laughs> I'm sitting outside Panera right now, just mean mugging people. That's what uh, I do on Sundays. And it's, you and, it's you and the police officers then, because that's all they do is sit outside Panera <laughs> mean mugging. Hey, you're not lying, bro. This target security out here is not trying to fuck around right now. Yeah. Oh, you must be. Wait, you in the oh, Panera? You're in, you're in Emeryville? No, nah, I'm in Bradwood, which is even worse. So, so, so basically, yeah, it's like a rule. Panera has to either be next to a Walmart or a Target. Yeah. And like. Or a like Joanne's a Fabric. Lobby. Yeah. Hobby Lobby or Joanne's Fabric. It's like there's, there's always one really close by. A bit of a lie. Yeah. I love bread. Hey, it's good to see you, though, fam. How you been, bro? We good, man. We good. We're about to just uh, get into some topics, man. So uh, question of the day. The NBA is uh, quickly approaching its playoff season and the playoffs. Um, however, there's been a lot of discontent with the amount of players being rested or sick with quotations around that or injured. 
my question of the day is, is the NBA using this extra rest and allowing teams to rest players without finding them um, a backdoor way for them to regain the power from the players as fans of fantasy and the sport are becoming more and more frustrated with the amount of rest and players and superstars not playing. Power like the white man wants to keep us. What do you guys think about that? Well, uh, I think the short answer is yes. Um, I think both the players um, and the and the teams are, are using this. I remember uh, the week 16 or week 15, um, the Saints had a meaningless game right before the playoffs. And somehow that week, Alvin Kamara got COVID and sat out for that week and then was like in the starting lineup as the running back for the first weekend of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so that just seemed like obviously – they were benching him to rest like a normal player would rest a, uh, a starting uh, running back in weeks in a meaningless week 16. And um, they use COVID as, as the mask for that. So I can imagine the NBA doing the same thing. I mean, I, you know, I know, I, I know I'm here with two, two, two people who love digging into conspiracies and Pal and, and Jared. Um, but I think people are going to be just mad at the NBA because they're resting them because they're using, they're making, they make this dumbass schedule, right? With all these games, a lot, and then teams are going on the playoffs, limping in. There's teams playing that played last night that's playing tonight. You know, it's just a dumb schedule. Like, how do you end the season with back to backs? They're yeah. being greedy. I think fans will turn on them for being greedy and trying to make this horrible schedule they made. And instead of just doing 60 games, trying to do 70 and, and yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, so, you know, I, I think well, the reason why I asked the question is because, you know, in the last year, we've seen a massive transfer, like the last year, obviously, in our country and in the world has been a very different year. It's been a transformative year in certain capacities or aspects of, of human living. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's been a, a transfer of power or consciousness of power about like, you know, what I'm saying you, you could say more towards employees rights and those discussions happening um and with the nba players you know they represented you know a work stoppage that meant a lot they ended up being supported by the peoples and all the uh, all the corporations were like hey you know what blm we gotta we gotta lean into this we're not gonna sit here and fight it anymore the players can set their own tone i'm still a little disappointed in the tone they set but they still set their own tone and they had the support of the people you know when they stopped abruptly they still had the support of the people and from there on they were uh, you know a, a symbol of, of 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 you know some kind of form of empowerment and people were not going to go against anything they did because it's like hey man you know what I'm saying you you took a stand you're doing this and there's a lot of shit going on in the world but with all the resting and all that's going on with that i think that potentially the nba is doing this backhandedly so that they can chisel away at the power that the players hold in the public eye because all the people who are playing fantasy and all the people who are still fans of the sport are tired of seeing superstars rested and seeing subpar basketball being played on certain nights, particular nights, or their fantasy seasons falling apart because their star players continually to miss games and it affects their chances of winning the playoffs. And that's why I lost by eight points to Adarius weak ass. Away. I'm gonna be real, Jared. I think you're okay. reaching once again. Well, wait, out. wait, hang on, Jared. That's an interesting here. thought. No, that's an interesting thought I haven't heard of. So, Jared, the NBA made the schedule so that they knew players would rest. Exactly. And that way, to 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 
leverage to like take some of the social soft power away from the players. Uh-huh. Exactly. The NBA made the schedule so they can make money. And it's uh, and they made yeah. the schedule for about as much money they made. They oh. weren't thinking ahead about, hey, man. This man, is they gonna, playing this checkers, gonna man. The play, they gonna playing the checkers. The players are playing checkers. Your thinking is playing checkers, checkers right now. Your <laughs> thinking is playing checkers. <laughs> All right, so can we, cut, can we cut to Jared's cutty quarter shout out from two weeks ago where he was saying the exact opposite? Exactly. <laughs> It was pissing me off, man. He was he was like, these players ain't about shit. <laughs> Jerry con- contradicts himself like Fox News. <laughs> Yo, as, as as much as I love a conspiracy theory, remember the the players' union approved that schedule too. So, mm. you know, I I okay. I tend to side with Aaron, where it's like, you know, they, they now there might be some truth to the fact that uh, the consumer is getting tired of players just like resting. And that hurts their power and their brand. But I don't think, like, this was, you know, this was something that was planned. I mean, I was pissed. I think they just got greedy, man. Like, you know, if mm-hmm. you look at the four teams that were in the bubble, they're all struggling. Oh, they've all struggled with injuries. Everyone saw this coming. That's why LeBron came out and said that shit, when it, what, like, when the schedule first came out, because he saw this coming. A lot of players saw this coming. But What did LeBron the, the say? Rest, he, he said some shit like that, like, you know, uh, how did the, how could the league approve this? The opening day should have been pushed to, like, MLK Day or whatever in January instead of Christmas. But there's too much money on the line. They're going to go for it. I mean, yeah. I How many games you know, I has the, the NBA played this year? 72? Yeah. I think they're planning on 72, but, like, the thing they didn't account for is, like, I think the Grizzlies, they had a bunch of their games canceled, like, early on, so they had to play, like, 30 games and, like, some crazy, Mm. like, right, like, 40 nights. Like, they had to play, like, a bunch of back-to-back, so it's also been unfair, like, in terms of, like, you know, how the schedule has played out for different teams. Mm. It's just Um, been a shit show, man. No, I agree. There's been a lot of back-to-backs, and I think that's something that I know Aaron and I have talked about back-to-backs being one of the things that's like hurting basketball in general. These back-to-backs is what, like, that started the trend of players being rested on a regular basis. Popovich started really, you know, leaning into resting his stars, um, especially with the aging team. And now with players coming off injuries or just even seeing that kind of model work for sustainability, like a lot of these teams are, are resting players, especially on back-to-back sets, they're star players. So, you know, the NBA planned it where like there's there's teams that are, you know, playing back-to-backs at least once a week. There's teams that are doing two back-to-backs a week. within once yeah. a week. Yeah. And so it's it's putting a strain on the players because that's a hard thing to put on the players, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that the players shouldn't want to, you know, take rest days, but if you don't schedule the back-to-backs, it gives them less reason to need to be rested. Um, and so with the amount of right. back-to-backs that they've been adding to the schedule for whatever scheduling reasons they need to do, um, the condensed season, them trying to squeeze as many games in as possible, I just feel like there was, you know, like, whenever you plan something, you also, if you're especially as big as the NBA or you're a big, you know, system, you, you plan something. And then you, if you're doing your due diligence, which I'm sure the NBA does and has people they pay to be able to do due diligence, they can say, Hey, what are some of the unforeseen circumstances that could arise? Some of the variables that we're not highly considering right now that could play out and what ways could they play out positive or negative? And they probably knew that there would be more resting going on this season. They probably knew that, Hey, you know what? We're not going to be, we're not going to try and find players as much, or we're not going to find teams as much if they're resting players unnecessarily and we're gonna give them the out by saying hey oh illness is if you say illness we're not going to question it right just like we didn't question the blm stuff but in doing so we know that it's going to make the players also lose some of their social equity with the fans especially since a lot of the fans are swayed by fantasy 
and gambling. And so these fans who are swayed by gambling and fantasy no longer support the players the way they might have, you know, six months ago. No longer support the players they might, the way they might have last year. Now, the diehard fans who know the deal, they're probably like, hey, man, it's part of the thing. I'm not really tripping. Fantasy don't mean that much to me. I'm not gambling my money away on it. It is what it is. This is this is this is the sport. Um, I want to see a good playoffs. But I'm telling you, a lot of the casual fans who have economic and, and, and power in that way. Are like man, fuck this. And once, yeah, once, yeah, the, owner, me, uh, once the owner say, hey, back the money, the money is speaking a different way. Wait, Bro, I love hoops. I love hoops, but this season, I, I mean, I've been checked out. I don't want to fucking see like Andre Drummond going up against like a washed up Blake Griffin when the Lakers play the Nets. You know what I mean? And that's like mm. twice a year, and that's what we saw. Like, right? Like, so me as a diehard NBA fan that walk, like has league pass that's consuming like two, three games a day. I've been checked out. So I don't think that this, if this was like their master plan where they were like, oh, we're just going to like, you know, like we're only going <laughs> to lose like hardcore fans. That shit, that, nah, man, the whole season's been trash. I mean, man, ratings have been down. So they're hurting, and, the and, they're hurting and their own the, And the in-person experience is super trash. Having, having well, there, been, there hasn't been one except for like the last yeah, month. Like, they well, finally started back. Well, it depends on what state you're in. It depends on yeah. what state you're in. in the last no, month, hey, I, I was in Louisiana and it was trash. Yeah, oh. but they reopened. They started reopening like a month ago, right? For some That's certain teams. That's because team sucks. No, no, no. But it's the Shoot NBA the is overriding the, the 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 uh, the state. They didn't override Atlanta because Atlanta been open for all season. Yeah, yeah. You see, <laughs> yeah, you see yeah, that. You yeah, see yeah, that but I mentioned it's a pain in the ass. Little should have taken yourself a seven-hour drive. No, no, and no. It's still a pain in the ass to go to Hawks games, even though they're open. You said little boosie have to do what? He had to get like two temperature checks and a whole bunch of bullshit. Well, uh, well, well, well I'm sure, I'm sure that that inconvenienced little Boosie from having his security guard shoot people like they normally do. So I'm sorry that he's been so inc so inconvenienced, man. I had to do two. I couldn't even tell my security guard to shoot that dude for not giving my money for not me showing up. Little Boosie be like, man, I could have skeeted up in a few more bitches in this time that you got me doing all these little, temperature Little Boosie was known for coming to Bear and having security shoot people, parents of kids that go to my school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds like you a, know, that sounds like a your problem, Aaron. I'm, no, I'm, 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 no, 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 that's a God problem, <laughs> right? That's a God problem. I, I'm still this, worried about how he was treated by the Atlanta Hawks uh, medical he did, staff. He didn't get treated worse enough. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make a, a little, no, no. little, little boosty. Those people would make you want to make a call to make me want to join the Proud Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Kyrie Irving came out and had some comments about the events around the world. He had this to say. The Kings first game with the big three together in quite some time. How did it feel to be again so close to full strength as you get ready to wrap up the season? So good. You know, just get out there, play the game that we love. But, you know, for me personally, I, I'm not really, um, you know, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you guys. A lot of stuff is going on in this world. And uh, basketball is just not the most important thing to me right now. There's a lot of stuff going on overseas. All my people are still in bondage all across the world. And there's a lot of dehumanization going on. So, you know, I apologize if I'm not going to be focused on y'all questions. You know, it's just too much going on in the world for me to just be talking about basketball. I got focused on this 24-7 most of the time. But it's just too much going on in this world not to address. You know, it's, it's sad to see this going on. Um, and it's not just in Palestine. It's not just in Israel. It's all over the world, man, and I feel it. I'm very compassionate to all races, all cultures, and to see a lot of different people being discriminated from uh, upon 
or against being uh, discriminated against based on their religion, color of their skin, what they believe in. It's just, it's just sad, you know. You know, we all say we're human beings and we care and we're compassionate, but um, you know, what are you doing to help? You know, and, and being in this gym, yeah, I'm grateful for opportunity. Yeah, it's a blessing, but my goal out here, my purpose is to help humanity, and I can't sit here and not address that. You know, um, I don't care which way you stand on either side. If you're a human being, then you would support, you know, the the uh, anti-war effort that's going on. There's a lot of people losing their lives, children, a lot of babies. And, um, you know, that's just what I'm focused on. So if you guys want to ask me questions about the game, I, I you know, I really don't care about it. But uh, except just, you know, everybody leaving out of the game healthy and being able to go home to their families. And Jerry, stop playing me this idiot and this shit again, man. I'm starting to get frustrated listening to this asshole talk. <laughs> Dude, this rich-ass asshole. I'm so frustrated. I can't concentrate on basketball even though I go play this game and cash. He concentrate on cashing them goddamn checks. <laughs> and look, I agree with what he said, but he can't hit that. Man, I don't play me this shit no more, man. This piss me off. Raising my blood pressure and shit. <laughs> now I don't have to go on medication. But don't worry, there's a lot of people losing their lives, man. He said that about a million times. Like people don't know, man, come on, man. I know a lot of people be out to get me because I'm very vulnerable, man. Especially a seven-year trial. I read, yeah, he sound like, R, I read you played in the R. Kelly interview. Because that's what he sound like. You know what I need help with? I need help. Because I need someone to help me with my big heart. I need someone to help me with my big heart. I'm Kyrie Irving. And then, yeah, it's a reeks of pseudo intellectualism. Like, if you're gonna take a stand on something, like, get, find an issue and talk <laughs> about that. Because if you're gonna talk in generalities, then people are gonna clown on you. And to me, it sounded like he just kind of was trying to come, you know, make it more about his character than the issues, right? And to me, it's like, all right, it's like, you didn't contribute anything to the dialogue except to just tell people that you care about what random like shit like you, you just telling us you care about human rights like okay like what are we supposed to do with that right? <laughs> you know what i mean like he's not adding anything to the narrative he's not focusing he could have talked about palestine specifically israel or like any issue that he wants to right and focus on that the other thing is like you know he has to be careful because if he's taking shots at like politics of empire then He's going to feel that wrath, too, because, you know, he's been talking a lot about some of these issues. And, yeah, I mean, you got to be careful because he names the wrong country and then, you know, they're going to attack him for all kinds of other reasons. So that would be my thing for him. Like, yes, whoever's in his ears, I have to tell him, like, to be smarter and to, like, you know, because you, you do want him, if he's evolving as a man, you want to root for him. But you also want to make sure that he knows what the fuck he's talking about, because otherwise he's going to hurt the cause. Exactly. I got to hear what Pal got to say about this. Well, I didn't hear the first. I I, I only heard the the second half. Um, it was the same uh, as the first half. It was the same. <laughs> just just yeah, multiply I mean, it. It was exactly the same. Well, uh, no, man, I mean, man I, people I, losing I, their lives in the, all around the world. He said that about five times. That's the only thing you missed. I mean, I, yeah. So I mean, I, I I we talked about this last time. Uh, our suspicion about all of Kyrie's antics are that they're self-serving and like, yeah, pseudo intellectual and, and trying to kind of make a statement that he's like woke or whatever. But um, yeah, if he's not gonna name Zionism or white supremacy or, you know, Jewish supremacy or the, like the Zionist, you know, global capital, you know, then then I, I agree with Aaron and Raheel. Like it's just, it's, 
self-serving and kind of in line with the normal Kyrie bullshit. Or, or the apartheid state. Yeah, like Raheel said, he didn't contribute to the narrative about what's going on in Palestine. It's just like this abstract. Well, thing. that's that's something, you know, Rihanna came out and said something this week. And, oh, my God. Rihanna is and, the... And, oh, yeah. And, How, and, bad and, How bad was that? How bad was that? Rihanna's fly, though. Rihanna's like, but uh, she still flies. <laughs> it was even worse. It was worse. It was definitely no, worse. It was. It wasn't really worse. She was trying to put something on Instagram. It was just. It was just her putting something on Instagram, saying her heart breaks to see basically war, and it's like an anti. It, it was like an, another anti-war sentiment, um, but not calling out the. Well, I guess the aggressor. Said, the aggressor and the person who holds the greatest power, or the the persons or the state that holds the greatest power in the situation, who is doing the the greatest wrong or the greatest you know acts of uh of, of what is it war crimes or inhumanity in this situation. They they try and you know call out both parties and they try and you know I guess in this part of the power of media is you know it's continually being framed in the mainstream sources as a conflict between two sides as though the two sides are equal parts in this conflict um and that is wherein lies one of the ways that we've been mentally jujitsued and that we are also in conditioned to speak about it because we want to speak about it in terms that we understand the bigger narrative to be acceptable and so when the media frames it in that way then we when we explain and talk about it in our own ways by taking the the lead of what we see from our institutions or from people that we consider to be in power so we are in a, a celebrity state uh, also a, a celebrity uh, culture where we hear our celebrities speaking on it and they're speaking on it and repeating a lot of the same uh, formats of how this is being framed as these big you know entities that you know have a, have an interest in the empire or have an interest in the relations that we have with Israel so I think it's something that you know we have to like take with a grain of salt and also be critical of and and so I've seen some people being critical and and uh, of these things like you guys are being critical of Kyrie here um where Rihanna was just like you know she she was she was hurt by seeing people die on both sides and she's hurt by seeing children and 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 Israeli and uh Palestinian uh you know families being torn apart and then you know the the war that's going on and she just wants to she wants you to know why you know why they choose both sides here because they don't want to fuck up their money Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just like money. it's just like saying all lives matter, but but again, you know, she posi that she positions herself as this like free speaking, you know, revolutionary BLM fist up type chick, and then she goes ahead and says all lives matter. So it's it, it's she's about as revolutionary as Janet Jackman <laughs> and Heather Hunter. <laughs> she she got more talent yeah. than them though, right? Uh, you know what? She, I'm not going to take away from her talent and her ability to be a, a, a pop star or whatever kind of star you want to call her. And I'm not trying to disrespect her by comparing. I'm not trying to disrespect Heather Hunter and them. They did what they had to do. Heather Hunter could dance her ass off a soul train, right? But I'm just saying, she like, man, just it's like the Kyrie thing, dude. Like, okay, maybe there's going to, uh, it's going to be someone who don't understand or, or sitting there like, oh man, he's really deep, right? Or, I mean, He's not even thinking about basketball. Don't you just answer the goddamn question, dude. The reporter asks you a simple ass question. Answer the question. But no, he wants to go off and, and and you know put this mirror in front of him of what he wants you to see. He also brought it up unprompted. Like someone asked him about basketball, and he just started talking about this shit. So it's like if you're gonna bring this up without someone asking you about it, then you better make a point, right? Yeah. You're just talking out of your ass, and like it's like people are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like no one asked you about it, and then you're not making a point. You know, it just makes him look foolish.
there is some some great unrest going on and there is a war brewing um and i don't know if you can really call it a war or if you just want to call it a bombing of a, a country and a peoples um and so currently you know there's the the issue going on um in palestine israel has been bombing palestine the last uh, few days several days um taking out um you know, saying uh, buildings, residential buildings, and building the AP News and Al Jazeera. Al Jazeera. Yeah, they so they, they're bombing like, and this is all in a city where like there is houses and houses and buildings and buildings. Um, but um, yeah, so that's going on right now currently, and um, you know, there is there is a growing tension that I think needs to be addressed because you know, uh, as United States citizens, we are complicit to. Um, it because we also, you know, fund uh, billions of dollars into the Israeli state every, every uh, year. So, what is it that's going on right now? That what's your what's your vibe on what's going on? I just want to know like what y'all are feeling about or what you've heard about it, and just kind of what's going on with y'all about uh, what's going on in Gaza, um, Shikdra, and um, is that how you say it? How do you say the the neighborhood they're trying to they're trying to gentrify? Oakland. Uh, Sheikh Jarrah. Sheikh Jarrah. That's what. Okay. That's Sheikh, Sheikh Jarrah. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and and what's going on uh in, in that side of the world right now? Um. And I'll let anybody kind of just speak freely. Uh, I was um. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. What's up, yeah. Pedro? There you go, Pedro. He yeah. Back. Um. I was I was doing research trying to figure out um what what they were fighting over. How long this has it been going on? So this this war here has been what fifty years. Or whatever, trying to uh, not war, but oppress. Seventy-three. Seventy-three. Okay. So, what I don't understand is how media is. I guess because we sell things to to Israel State, so we are always on their side. And we have, uh, I mean, I guess we have this strong Jewish influence um, in America, so that, that might be playing a part in it, but. We have this stain of religion, the Christianity religion also likes to stain Muslim religion. And we don't see the obvious. Um, the Jews are, they've been, it's basically you have an open air prison, if I'm not correct, if I'm correct. Um, in, in West Bank of, of Israel. And they've just been oppressing and oppressing and oppressing. And they keep these people in their spot just because of their religion. And it's uh, it's basically just the ultimate uh, sign of prejudice and racism. And, oppre and, and, and oppression. And oppression, and yeah. oppression. You know, it's, it's all of it, gentrification. I just, I just learned this week, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I just learned this week that they were, that for, for decades, they've been trying to westernize uh, Israel. Ads, hey, we got new homes here. Uh, uh, come move here and settle here. And we're going to push these people back. Basically, you see this going on in America without, you know, without the bombs and stuff going off over here. Mm -hmm. And these people are really trying to fight just, just for the land, just for their right to exist and their right to religion. And you see the powerful, the people that have all the powerful turn it into uh turn it to something else. They try to hide they try to use a shield of try to use religion as a shield when they really Netanyahu was really just a, a power monger. 
Jared, can I add something to yeah. what Pedro said? I thought it was really important uh, yeah. while he gets back. He said that he did his own research. And, you know, for anyone who's listening to this, who isn't sure about the conflict, like I would encourage them to do their own research because it's not that difficult to like figure out which side is doing what, right? The media makes it difficult for us because you hear these narratives where it's like, oh, like, you know, both sides are like fighting in this conflict and they make it sort of like, you know, that both sides are sort of, you know, entangled in this conflict. But if you read the history, you do your own research, it's pretty clear what's going on there, right? Like there, this is, Israel is no different than like any other colonial like settler project except the difference is like, there's no indigenous population, right? Uh, there, like, instead of like the British going somewhere and, and carving out a new country and just telling people now, like you belong here, you belong here. They just brought in people from like another part of the world and imported them to this, this area in the Middle East. And they're like, well, no, this is your land. And you know, it's so, this is no different. And then they're fighting against the indigenous population. Once you start like researching this stuff, it's pretty clear. So. To me, that really stood out. Like when he said, I started researching and learning about this on my own. So I think I would encourage people to just do that because the answers are right there. It, this is not complicated. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't talk about this right now, Jerry. I can't talk about podcasting right now, man. You know, my heart's in a whole different place, man. The people dying all over the world, man. People of color, uh, people of different races, you know, people. I mean, I'm thinking about conflicts in uh, Colombia, Venezuela, Chile, Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay, Suriname. Did I name all the South American countries? I, if I miss one, I'm thinking that too. And Central America and Caribbean islands. You know, I can't think about this. So, I mean, you, I mean, you want me to answer a question about the podcast? Yeah, I'll do it. But I just know that's not what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Thank you, AG3 Irving. <laughs> uh, pal, uh, how about you? What, what, what is, um, what is it that's, that's your takeaway of what's going on currently? Um, and, and do you have anything that could help? better give us some more context uh I, I don't know i don't have too much to add i, I agree with what raheel said uh, i was in the streets yesterday at a at a march in downtown new orleans um kind of trying to make my my voice heard and and presence felt um in support of uh support of the palestinian people and yeah i'm just um yeah it to me this is this is the dispossession of the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood. Like every Israeli town was one. I saw a meme the other day that said like every Israeli town was once Sheikh Jarrah. You know, there's, uh, so the whole, the whole kind of history from dating back to the Nakba, the uh, 1948 creation of the state of Israel, it's, this is all part of the Zionist settler colonial project as Raheel mentioned. And so bombing Gaza, um, you know, apartheid in Maine, mainland 48 Israel and then the uh, home demolitions in the West Bank uh, all of those different strategies the Zionists use to move their agenda is all kind of part of their their larger plan and um, uh, I guess the other the other thought I have is just the the power that the Jewish Jewish capital has globally is um, astounding for such a small community numbers wise and how much power they wield in Hollywood and Wall Street and big pharma and the media and and all of the Western kind of 
geopolitically relevant governments in in the UK and America and and the EU and and so they kind of just have this um, ability to do whatever they want and it's just heartbreaking and and I think as a Muslim you know we I'm ashamed that we as the global Muslim Ummah have allowed this to happen to to our brothers and sisters over there and and um, it's it's heartbreaking. There's been issues where like uh, I know Facebook and Instagram, you know, the term Zionist, they're they're starting to say, like, you can't use that term Zionist. They're starting to make it a taboo word for people to call, um, you know, uh, Israelis or people who uh, believe in what whatever this 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 movement is. Um, what is this? Yes. Can you explain that to me? Because so for anybody who's listening, like, because I, I hear the term used um, uh, uh, often enough. But um, if you want to just kind of shed a little context, what is uh, Zionism or what is a Zionist? Exactly. Well, I mean, I think there's there's a few different definitions. Um, mm-hmm. My my definition um, of a Zionist is someone who believes that Israel has the right to exist in the land of Palestine, and so you don't have to be Jewish to believe that. There's you know Christian Zionists, there's Black Zionists who you know if you have the belief that Israel has a legitimate claim to create a state on top of on top of Palestine, then that to me that makes you a Zionist and. And that's the fundamental essence of Zionism is is creating this state uh, there. As far as the censorship goes, yes, the, you know the two the two issues that social media and corporate media are censoring are critiques of um, COVID and critiques of the vaccine and critiques of Zionism. Those are the two issues that our media is fact checking and censoring. And uh, Jared, this goes back to a conversation we had, you know, long ago and, and not, not to bring it up here, but it's like the same people lying to you about Palestine and the same people lying to you about COVID. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that the left can't piece that shit together is like beyond me and, and a time for another, not, not on this podcast, but that's, that's my definition of a Zionist. And that's also my, uh, feeling about the level of censorship that is going on in our society, both around COVID and the vaccine and Palestine. So then you're telling me that uh, Neo um, and Morpheus were Zionists? Come on, man. Here you go. Uh, I don't know. This is why, this is why Pal, sometimes you can't have too serious of a conversation with you. Because you no. get a little serious <laughs> to points and, you know, and share your beliefs and then he going to bring up the goddamn Matrix. <laughs> But Jared, Raheel, Aaron, would you guys agree that that's like a proper definition of Zionism? Um, I'll, I'll defer to Raheel because I don't know shit. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, to be, yes, I, I think, and here's here's where I think this is like counterproductive even for Zionists, because as Powell described, Zionism is a political philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we see people complain, even like, you know, uh, well-meaning Zionists, quote unquote, like say, oh, like, you know, anti-Zionism bleeds into anti-Semitism, right? But if you're going to convolute those two terms and you're going to intentionally try to tell people that Zionism equals like anti-Semitism, then you're going to cause a lot of like issues and people are going to start to like conflate the two. And that's going to cause like well-meaning Jewish people issues as well, right? Because anti-Zionism is is something that the sentiment is growing around the world so to me they're hurting themselves with this bullshit and then to yeah i agree it's a political philosophy has nothing to do with you know a faith and i personally believe that the faith just adds 
like sort of you know the the additional like sort of salt or whatever you want to call it like a high the, the window dressing the, the, the yeah, window exactly. dressing but it's a, it's a real estate it's a real estate conflict right it's like a small piece of land and essentially we're told we've told two two different groups of people that you know they need to figure this out and then we've given like our support to one group you know and and then we sort of you know it's something it's not the perfect sort of metaphor but similar to kind of like you know they said two states solution would be similar to like what jim crow was like here right you can't have separate but equal when one fucking group controls everything and all the resources so it it doesn't make sense so we're pushing this narrative and it's you know it's it's just it's it's just fabricated but i would also like to say that i think like by being oversensitive and trying to sort of to ban the BDS movement, like Zionists are actually hurting their overall brand because people are starting to see through this bullshit now, right? It's like, okay, well, if we don't call someone who believes in for in Israel's right to exist a Zionist, and then what the fuck do we call them? Because that's literally <laughs> the correct that's the definition. Word. Yeah, that's yeah, the definition exactly. of it. And so yeah, then now, there was Agent Smith fighting oh, against the Zionists. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Uh, I think the only Zionist aboard was the uh, what was that dude that played the bad guy, the bad guy in every movie. Who? I can't. I can't remember that movie, man. I saw that shit in the movie theater when it came what, out. What Matrix? Matrix. Now, how you gonna Hugo Matrix Weaving? You talking about my boy Hugo Weaving? V? No, no, the other guy, the guy that was supposed to be on the good <laughs> side. I don't know. So, what color pill did the Zionist take? <laughs> 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 and you know you can Yo. say whatever color because I don't remember the movie to tell you which one made you do what. Man, red I, pill. I, it's the red pill, right? That, that I, is, I think so. I the blue pill that. got them hard. That's the problem. <laughs> we need more blue pills in this world. Everybody's trying to give everybody a red pill, right? The media's trying to give people a red pill. You got home dudes starting QAnon. That's from Berkeley. Ron Watkins tried to give people a red pill. We need more people being like big pharmacy. We just trying to hand out blue pills and get people hard. And then if you don't want that, we got oxycodone too. And oxycontin. <laughs> well, see, wait, see, I always associate the red pill with like men waking up to like female nature. What? Wait, 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 wait. Which pill did Neil take, Jared, since he watched this shit so much? I don't remember. <laughs> Ain't that a bitch? Nobody remember. I think it's the red pill. It's the red pill. Neil took the... I don't know what the fuck, man. Why'd you bring this shit up? <laughs> you had a real subject, and then you're going to bring up this shit. And now my brain is just lost, and I can't do it. And this see, see, Pal, Pal's right. This is where I'm going to go with Pal. Pal, you're right, man. The media just, they fuck you up, and they start entering shit like this, and start taking you away from the, from the true, important discussions that need to happen yep like Jared's part like, of the media like, now no no no. but this is this, is, this ties into my, my theory <laughs> this ties into my conspiracy theory about the nba working uh, here we to, go. to undercut um the nba players because you know if well, you really if you look at it blm and what what was being fought for in the united states by the blm movement is a lot in the same ways very aligned and very similar and it has very core similar core themes to uh, uh, what's going on uh, in Palestine and free Palestine movement, you know what I'm saying? So I think that there's something, there, there's a lot of overlay in the themes and that's that's part of what the media does a good job and these institutions do a good job at doing is they, they find ways to, you know, make interests so unique and separate that people can't make the connections or they're so caught up in just trying to maintain you know, the the stability of their interest and the growth within that unique interest that they've, you know, you know, categorized it in that you don't have time nor are you educated enough to see 
your same interest is being fought by these people over here and your same interest is being you know challenged and oppressed by these people over here and we don't have the time nor the capacity or the 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 access to the knowledge to be able to start you know unifying or understanding and be able to speak openly if we can't speak openly on the actual themes and the concepts that are that are playing out in different areas of the world or in different communities around uh, around our world you know what I'm saying then we can't unify in that way like you know like our speech our ability to speak on something in an educated manner in in, a, in an articulate manner is one of the things that is the ultimate ways to connect us you know what I'm saying like beyond all the things we keep records of since records can be changed you know what I'm saying our actual speech and our actual you know what I'm saying uh, passing of information through a uh, uh what's what's the word is um uh in Africans were a um damn it I forgot that word it's a uh uh um uh uh, oral tradition the oral tradition tra oral tradition is 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 a, is a lasting tradition as long as we're alive as long as we're breathing we can pass on and connect ourselves to the world and each other through our oral traditions you know what i'm saying everything's becoming digitalized so anything can be changed digitally you know what i'm saying mm. live free or die hard they're trying to put all our gas lines on a motherfucking you know saying computer grid so it can be hacked by a russian somebody who's probably paid by a cia agent to then raise the price of the gas we don't know but it's probably true Right? See, I just get I just get the small feeling that we wouldn't be in this situation if Gaddafi was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Gaddafi was trying to make an African bank, bro. He was trying to unify and Africa. He was trying to make the to. African bank, bro. He That's why they unify Africa. He was also he was also fighting against apartheid. He tried to bring the Arab state together. And what did he get for him? He got captured and sodomized. That's why I'm over here not saying shit. <laughs> I don't say shit. The Kyrie said. <laughs> Because you're just trying not to get sodomized. Sodomized. Uh, not to get sodomized with the with the bayonet. You know, I really don't want to talk about this over the telephone. Perhaps we could meet at a secret location. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, the, you know the, the feds are tapping me just like they tap Tupac. Waste of a wiretap. Um, I'll tell you that you tap me, you waste of a wiretap. I, I will say, um, I guess my, my final thing on this topic, as you know, and I always I try not to be kind of doom and gloom because there's obviously a lot of images of violence and children dying and buildings being blown up and people being exported from their house and all of that is true and horrific. But just I don't know, like the 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 soul and the resistance of the people of Palestine always inspires me at at such like a deeper human level and and seeing seeing you know kind of the resilience that they fight up against even when it's not in the news just on a daily basis but uh, even in the last like ten days of Ramadan and holding down um, Masjid Al Aqsa and and all that you know it it, it to me it's their there are special people who um, who I think show humanity a lot. We can learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that shit. That shit was crazy. I saw they had a camera in the in the mosque, Al-Aqsa Mosque, and there are people praying literally. And then motherfuckers like throwing stun grenades in there, and motherfuckers didn't, you know, like most of them were just staying focused and they were they were doing their their prayer, and it was just kind of crazy. I'm like, bruh. Uh, this is wild. Like they're throwing stun grenades, shooting gas uh, in and around the motherfucking mosque. Oh, people are literally. Oh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I, they have more faith than me because I would. I would have. <laughs> like, 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 oh shit! Come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Let's get to our Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts is a segment we end the show on where you get a chance to rant, complain, talk about something that's been pissing you off, or you can highlight something positive in the world that you want to shed light on. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. Cutty Corner Shoutouts. It's time. It's time. It's time. All right, Cutty Corner shout-outs. Aaron, do yeah. you have a Cutty Corner shout-out? I do, I do, and it's a positive one this week. This is my, my positive corner, uh, Cutty Corner shout-out. Sorry, I've been, I'm channeling my inner Tito Ortiz. Uh, my positive Cutty Corner shout-out goes to Michelle Wee West. Um, I found out just a couple of weeks ago that she started an organization called the, um, it's called the LPG Hoodie, Hoodie for Golf. And it's in support. They're tie-dye hoodies that are in support for LP, uh, the LPGA. But it's not really, but the money is to raise awareness for the LPGA. But the money goes to basically two causes. The big cause is the uh, Renee Powell grant. And if you guys don't know who Renee Powell is, her family started, started the Clearview Legacy Foundation. It was her father, Bill Powell. It's the only, the only privately designed, built and owned golf course that is run by African-Americans. Not as a staff, but that's who owns it and that's who ran it. Her father uh, was in World War II. He learned golf while he was overseas and then found out he couldn't play a lot of places. And then he came back home and couldn't play it at all. So it started as a nine-hole course in, in Ohio, turned into a full 18-hole course. And so the proceeds go to that and, and also to raise awareness for African-American girls who wish to get into golf and African-American boys who wish to get into golf. So Michelle Wee, she definitely has been one of those people that put her money where the mouth is and it started like different organizations. She's not out here Kyrie Irving in it. She's out here really trying to put money towards and she told you directly where we went into. Really exciting. The merchandise sold out right away. And she feels very dear. Like I was watching this special on her after finding out about this, her and um, the family of, of Mr. Powell started the golf course and how she's like, they're like, man, she's like a godsend. She's there all the time. She's promoting us. She's get, you know, fundraising for us. So I'd like to give a positive shout out to Michelle Wee West. Pedro, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Uh, I wasn't really paying attention. You know, Cutty Corner shout out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a little one here. Uh, my cutting quarter shout out goes to uh, technology that's not proven for safety. Um, so as you well know, we'll just go ahead and make this the, the official announcement of my uh, new journey into being an owner operator as a truck driver. So that's the official announcement. But I ended up buying a tractor that has this Bendrix, uh, was that four collision mitigation warning system. And I just drove back from Las Vegas, literally fighting this thing. And then the company I bought it, the fleet I bought the truck from, um, took away the option to, uh, to adjust it. So it's all always on full safety. Now this thing grabs the brakes while you're driving 
it uh, it um, beeps and hollers at you. It's like over the top safe. Um, there's a problem when wind and debris flows across the highway and it reads something. So everybody wants to jump out ahead with these technologies. Make sure that you have all the fail fail safes proven. Uh, before you just add it on to something like, you know, a semi. I guess they were, they were thinking, oh, okay, well, if it fails, at least the semi is going to break. But not consider anybody that's behind the semi. Why <laughs> is that semi just breaking <laughs> in the middle of a highway for no reason? So my cutting corner shout out goes to safety mitigation. And um, by the way, I think the best one the one that works the best is the one on the Toyota vehicles. Um, all the other ones, Nissan, Subaru, uh, Chevrolet, General Motors, whoever, all the rest of them suck. All right, Raheel, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? I got two, if you would indulge me. One, I feel like I betrayed my man Kobe earlier, but just talking about his low points. <laughs> so shout out to Kobe going to the Hall of Fame. Yes. And shout out to, uh, you know, Vanessa for holding it down. So that was a good moment. And then second shout out to you guys uh, for doing a great job with your platform, not just like entertaining folks, but also talking about real issues like Israel and Palestine, issues yes. of racism here in this country, and just talking about the plight of marginalized communities. So shout out to you guys and everyone else who uses their platform to not just entertain, but educate people. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that's it. Can you get an extra uh, shout out to Kyrie Irving then? <laughs> oh, ooh, ooh! How I forget about my Muslim brother! Oh yeah. <laughs> my Cutty Corner shout out goes out to what's this motherfucker's name? Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. No, no. Goes out to Ethan Nordeen a proud boy leader who lashed out at Donald Trump. Fuck you, Trump. You left us on the battlefield bloody and alone, he exclaimed. Jesus. Um, yeah, man. Um, you know, it's not a, it's literally not a war. There are not people going into your neighborhoods bombing things. There are people not going into your neighborhoods that shoot, police are not entering your neighborhoods and shooting people. I don't understand what war it is that you are seeing. It's like, it's not a war. I know you love to hold on to the idea of war and war, you know, there's 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 a social um, a relevance to it and there's a social value it holds and in some ways uh, it's it's held too much. But what war were you fighting? If I go and start looting your state building oh. or your, your whatchamacallit, that's not a war, that's a riot. That's looting. That's what you did. You are not in war. And for you to even be that stupid to believe every, even admitted that they held to every word he, Trump said and they believed everything Trump said and they, they thought he was going to lead them to, you know, stopping the evil, whatever it was from happening, Pizzagate, whoever it might be. Oh, Pedro getting yelled at by his wife. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, just, it's, it's literally, it's like, it's like a mental illness and we need to seek help for these brothers or these people um, who think that they're in war of some sort. You are not in a war. You are living in a country that allows you to be somebody who can go around and terrorize other people by your mere presence in ideology. All right. 
people who actually live in marginalized communities that, that are oppressed, when they're home, they still don't feel safe. Okay, so I'm tired of this rhetoric being spit out by these proud boys and these alt-right extremists who think that they're being erased. And it's like, nah, bro, like y'all the ones who are have have historically erased people, have historically erased histories, and have historically rewritten them. You are part of that culture. So for you to feel like you're being erased or trying to be erased is the greatest form of privilege in our country, number one, is the people who can be the most offensive yet step up and be the loudest in claiming that they're offended. And you see that same thing happening, um, that same mentality happening uh, in, 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 in Gaza right now, in Palestine, and with the, with, the, with, the, with the conflict that is being created by Israel in this situation. So my other cutting corner shout out goes out to, you know what I'm saying, the Israeli forces who are bombing fucking media buildings and actual homes of people. And, the, and goes out to the media sources that are making it acceptable in our side of it by saying that they're insurgents or they're radicals who are, it's not radicals, it's a resistance. It's a resistance from being able to be willfully bombed by one of the most, you know what I'm saying, advanced and powerful military forces on the planet funded by U.S. money in big part. Um, so goes out to y'all for bombing. Like, it's not the freedom of press. It's the freedom to oppress is what y'all example of. Y'all bombing the AP office. You gave them an hour to clean out their offices and get it whatever they could out before you bombed their building. Like, that's crazy. AP. They bombed the building the AP is in. So, you, so you're either equating AP with the insurgents and everything else, or you're just bombing the other, one of the main news, news sources to actually get, you know what I'm saying, credible and just, maybe balanced news sources out towards the rest of the world. As much as we want to talk about freedoms and freedom of First Amendment rights and freedom of speech, like if you are watching what's happening, just that alone, bombing buildings of people in an urban area and bombing buildings that are actually like buildings that recognize companies and news media outlets are using, that's, there's something wrong with that, period, point blank. That is our show, my friends. That is our show. Um, any final words you'd like to say to our fans out there, guys? Oh, man. No, thank you. That's all it. Thank you for being fans. Stay safe. This show was hella long. <laughs> I drove from Las Vegas. No, I went to Las Vegas to Idaho and y'all motherfuckers still doing the show. Mm-hmm. You know how we do. You know how we do. Marathons. We, we like Nipsey Hustle out here. It's the marathon. Um, <laughs> yeah, but nobody out there is selling socks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I just want to, I want to give a uh, kind of bounce off what Jared said about the, the Palestines and Israel, Israelites. Um, Netanyahu, Netanyahu, is that his name? Mm-hmm. That dude's an asshole. He's a complete asshole. Yo, this, this Netanyahu got caught like the pre-scan. He's like the Tim Tebow prime minister. This fool <laughs> should have been like, I don't know why, how he's still a prime minister. Like, he's yeah. had like like four like lawsuits. He got caught like on camera taking bribes. So it, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's like yeah. the worst, one of the worst persons. Is like a um, a surface living devil. And like, dude, that dude is a criminal. Nope. That, that's not, he's not a true Hebrew. He's not a true Jewish. <laughs> that's not what they, I don't think that's what they believe in. I, you know, I, I got to do some more study, honestly. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, 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 the true Hebrews are the, are the, are the, are the dark-skinned Hebrews. Yeah. 
people came from Africa to build the pyramids. Don't he, don't he forget it? Hey, hey no, can, I, can, I, uh, can I just add something? If you guys really want to know how fucked up they treat actual like African Jews, just like like just look up, just Google like how Ethiopian Jews are treated in Israel and how they were denied citizenship, even though those folks can treat like they can track their Judaism and their ancestry for thousands of years back. And all these like European Jews that are coming there have no idea when their families converted to Judaism. So, yeah. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of shit that, that the media doesn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Watching them up. <laughs> Damn. Too. I'm about to say, sound uh, like you're in the bathtub now. You're watching yellow that. All right. Well, that is our show, my friends. Thanks for Hill for joining us, man. I appreciate any yeah, final words you, you want to say, man. Thank you, man. So it was a lot of fun. It was a pleasure. Anytime. All right, brother. It was good having you, man. We'll we'll have you back on soon enough. But uh, aside from that, uh, stay blessed, stay healthy, y'all. Um, shout out to all the people listening to us across the country. Um, tap into our Patreon, man. White Boy Summer giveaway coming up. Um, white Boy and- Summer. It's the White Boy Summer. And we will leave you with this. I got this little video I want to show y'all real quick. Hold on, let me see. If, if it ain't, if it ain't, if it ain't, uh, my boy Chet Hanks, I don't want to watch it. R.I.P. New Jack, 187. Yeah. I like to send a yeah, yeah. shout out to my homeboy, O.J. Simpson. Keep up the good work, baby. Two less, we got to worry about. You understand? Keep up the good work. Louis Farrakhan will be the next president. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. We know you, Anderson. You called me last night. You understand? Get ready, Smoking Mountain, cause we gonna set this place on fire. <laughs> Don't t- dude, please tell me you really watched that wrestler that he was on. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Which shout wrestler to, was that? Shout out to Mosky Woski for, uh, for for bringing <laughs> bringing that to my attention. <laughs> Jared, can I ask you guys um, about the the A's moving now? I haven't been following that story, but you know what's going uh, on with that? No, yeah, it's, it's another, you know, it's another thing to keep in mind. Let me put like this. Let me put it like this, Raheel. Jared will leave the Bay Area before the A's do. Oh God yeah. damn! The, the, you know, you know, the, the issue is that them moving would take too much work, so they ain't gonna do it. <laughs> that, no, no, no. That's why Jared doesn't move out of the Bay Area. <laughs> let me tell you. Let me tell you. The, the A's won't move. Because they're like, wait, hold on, hold on. They they still trying to find the Mayflower trucks and this uh, pricing from when uh, we don't get the same price that the Baltimore Colts got when they moved. <laughs> I got coupons from the sixties. Come on mm-hmm. now. A's <laughs> might be the first organization to move using U-Haul trucks. <laughs> if they rent it on San Pablo. They, they got they they gonna hire some gig workers to move their shit. They gonna this is a prop twenty gig workers. A they bunch of Uber gonna, drivers. They got to do gig workers. <laughs> They're not using gig workers. They're showing up at home base, Home Depot, and saying, I need three. They're going to say, I need three to move the whole organization. I need three. Hang on, Dan. Workers going to be like, what the fuck wrong with you? gig workers. Jed Lowry's a gig worker. That's a good one. That's a good one.
Oh yeah, the the A's were the A's were one of the main lobbyists for Prop Twenty Two to pass. <laughs> <It's> mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, oh, they're taking our white collar shortstop pipeline out. <laughs> like Chad Pinder, we need him on a discount. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, what is Clue Pennington gonna do? <laughs> oh man.